0: a
1: It's just cad people What's up everybody? welcome to witty Banter episode number 165. I'm one of your hosts Chase Williams. I'm joined by the Houstonian Max Scott.
2: Hey, I'm in Houston.
1: And then we've got the secondary San Diegan, Hunter Dorsett.
3: How's it going, bro? I'm, uh, I'm digging the vibes out here, carne asada, brother. We are recording live from floor
1: twenty-two of the something, the DoubleTree Hilton. Yeah. Here in San Diego, you're a traveling roadshow now.
3: Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it doesn't really bother me to bring another mic stand and an extra computer and audio interface. It's really not that bad.
1: Well, you were talking about having people come in uh, for room service and notice the contraptions and kind of <laughs> remark at it. Why don't you start your own show where you just interview all the people who come in f- and bring you food? <laughs> yeah, that, would that would be, be, really be fucking
2: sweet. That would be awesome. I would definitely <laughs> watch that. Show.
1: All right. Well, episode, you know, we did 165 episodes of this show. Let's put a bow in it yeah, and we'll move on. Walk over. away. Yeah, walk uh, away. Max, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> put a bow on it yeah. uh, We've kind of reversed roles here We've got us two on this side of things in mm-hmm. San Diego You're by yourself in Houston All by my lunch um, But the only thing that's not going to change Is that on Whitty Banter We review beer and spirits mm-hmm. And today, Hunter and I have a beer and Max has the spirit, which true. I thought was a pretty cool little twist.
0: Mm. Very creative of you, Max, Put to throw that in there. Put the
2: show on its head, man. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, Hunter, w- the beer that I brought for you is called the Red Trolley Ale from Carl Strauss Brewing Company. Carl uh, Strauss is a local brewery here in San Diego. They have a tasting room, and then they also have a couple restaurants where they serve their own beer, and they uh, actually have a pretty good menu of food. Uh, and... I'm not going to give you much in terms of why I picked this beer. I just want to hear your take and I'm going to compare it to my opinion of it at the end of the episode. Okay. So you're going to be in a little bit of the hot seat, but that's all I'm going to yeah. give you. I don't want to I don't want to uh, you know subjectively swing you in either
3: direction. Okay. You want me to read a little excerpt on it? Yeah, man. The Red Trolley Ale sets the standard for Irish red ales. Each batch of this multi-award-winning beer is brewed with a half ton of caramelized malts wow. for a deep copper color That's and toffee flavor, toffee flavor. After adding the perfect mix of hops for balance, the brew is warm fermented to bring out hints of raisins and currants. It's time to take this trolley for a ride. So, yeah, got a little Irish red ale. Irish red. And the Irish red is
1: always a style that is hard for me to kind of understand. I always just kind of know it as like just a sweeter, like more... Uh, maltier version of like a standard ale cool so we'll see where it takes us but max i want to know what whiskey you've got in your glass
2: man i was this close to grabbing my irish whiskey when i was in there and i could have <laughs> kept with the theme but uh
1: what do you have if you don't mind? Me asking? Uh,
2: well i guess i'll spill the beans uh, i'll be drinking the red river bourbon whiskey single barrel from gem Bever- be- beverage company out of carlton texas all right
1: Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Uh, It's a delicious
2: little whiskey here. As you guys know, I'm a pretty big fan of the Four Roses myself. So it's kind of got some high expectations to beat. Uh, But this one looks to be pretty good. I mean, it looks like every bottle uh, that's sold supports the native Texas wildlife conservations. So I'm already feeling pretty good Mm. morally. Right. Which is pretty. You got strong. that
1: Android 17 vibe. Yeah, no,
2: absolutely. <laughs> you drank the yeah. wrong kind of whiskey and it made the birds fly away. So. You
1: saw right through. <laughs> All right. His fandom just can't can't be escaped. No. He's the biggest DBFZ or Dragon yeah. Ball Super fanboy there is. So yeah. Oh,
2: me. Oh, I thought you were just going to say Android 16, because like when you think of Dragon Ball, you think of Android 16 first. Uh, no, 17, dude. Oh, yeah, that's right. 17. That's what it is. Yeah, you know, But still, I'm <laughs> wow. excited to drink it a little bit. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of expertise in the subject matter. But from the first couple sips, it's hot. Hotter than a beer, right? So yeah. I think I I'll be able to handle this a little bit as we go. How, forward. Are, you,
1: how are you drinking it?
2: Drinking it neat in a right. uh, new glass that I got from work when they were giving away all the fancy glasses. And I was oh. like, oh, please. Because they're closed I down for to.
1: remodeling right now, right?
2: Not yet, but we are closing okay. down at the end of the week. So, and then after that, does that, that we'll mean be, you
1: just basically don't get to work for a little while? Like, you get just. I'll be out of work. Of
2: yeah, for about 12 days, you know, get that nice little standard training pay. But, yeah, I'll be pretty much chill and fat. I got a mini spring break coming up. So, yummy. It's time, time awesome. to play fighting
1: yeah. games. Speaking <laughs> of which, Max, I know you've got a little bit of a recap you want to throw our way before we get into the main juicy bits mm-hmm. of the episode.
2: Well,. I just wanted to talk about how the Taiwan Major fighter happened uh, relatively recently. Normally, after Evo, there's a pretty big lull in the fighting game scene, uh, as per Yush. But the Taiwan Major always comes right afterwards, which I feel like is a time for all of the uh, Eastern Asian players to kind of get together and shine on their own with very little, usually, American representation. And this uh, tournament was no different. Uh, But this was an awesome tournament, one. The games were incredible. And also, spoiler alert... The 39-year-old dude who brought his daughter and his wife out to the tournament took the entire thing, (laughs) dude, without losing a single game within top eight, which is fucking insane to me, man. So that that was
1: that was Mm Sako, and he is Mm -hmm. basically has been well known in Street Fighter since Street Fighter's been a thing, right? And he's even more so known for his supreme execution, and in Street Fighter four. There was what was called Socko combos that basically right. only this guy could do.
2: <laughs> like Literally <laughs> awesome. only this dude could perform them. And I think when Street Fighter V came out, he was always a really good player. And uh, he played some like pretty cool characters or what have you. But it wasn't until Manat came out, which was like the first character that really had a pretty extreme level of execution that you needed right. to require to do some of these pretty more extensive combos. And uh, he just took that and ran with it. And right off the bat, he was doing some wacky combos, at least in the lab. Uh, And then when he would come out, he would kind of make waves in tournaments and stuff, but he never did anything too, too wild. But in this one, it was literally just like this dude was in training mode and just wrecking the dummies the entire time. (laughs) Once he popped that V-Trigger, man, that shit was crazy. Those combos went on forever. Like, it was one of the (laughs) first times in Street Fighter V where I was literally looking at somebody do a combo, and I said to myself, how do you actually do that? Like, literally, what do you do? I don't know what to do in order to do that. So I just wanted to talk about that. Mm
1: -hmm. What did did you think about the... uh the new characters g and sagat getting a little bit of representation at at a top level in the tournament as well
2: not surprised uh sagat of course being a staple of bonchan so i was not surprised that he tried to like really make him work right off the bat i know that people are kind of iffy on how good the character is uh but he was definitely doing some pretty cool stuff his set with um uh, tokido right outside of top eight high up in top 16 was really awesome to watch that was like some pretty old school Street Fighter, the way that they would like stare each other down right next to each other and neither of them would press any buttons and my heart would just race because I'd be like, who's going to do something? Somebody do something, please. Uh, yeah. But it was some really cool stuff. Uh, as far as G, uh, Nemo played G, which is crazy, which is cool because Nemo's such a like wacky character loyalist in a way. Like he likes to play more like extreme characters with bizarre and... Uh, more like obscure resets and combos and stuff like that. So it's cool to see him playing. He didn't really play him too much, but I don't know. Hopefully got, those two will flesh out pretty quickly. So I got a yeah. question. So how much how
3: much of the mindset when you get a new character reveal and then go directly into a major tournament like that, if you're going to play Sagat and G, how much of the mindset is like, oh, I really like these characters and I want to like p- flesh them out in this tournament? And then how much of it is like, They haven't been figured out from a defensive standpoint. People aren't used to all their bullshit yet. I mean, is it both? Is it just like you're just kind of like, I'm just going to like figure out this guy real quick and throw it in there?
2: I mean, I mean, that's definitely a thing, dude. Like, you'll see people just hop straight onto ranked or something online. And once you (laughs) kind of like learn the shenanigans right off the bat, it takes people a while to get used to them and they're just not accustomed to it. As far as a tournament setting, I mean, I don't know. I don't think like, and, like, a couple of days of learning how to play a character will outweigh the couple of days that nobody knows how to, like, play against the character, yeah. usually. Because I'm pretty sure Ban Chan just, like, saw the reveal, went straight to his PlayStation 4 or his computer and just waited for the ability to download Sagat and then probably trained until he left for Taiwan Major. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure that dude was ripping pretty hard. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a pretty, like... That's pretty safe to say. Like, when... When I play against friends and they'll play with new characters, but then they'll like whip my ass even though they like normally as a person maybe that I can beat or something. It's usually like it's, it's cool because it gives you that opportunity to be like, I don't really know what the fuck's going on with this character, but mm-hmm. so, I don't know. All right. Maybe. A,
1: a couple things before we get started. One, uh, one of our big fans, Ben Ebig, recently hit 10,000 trophies on the Jesus PSN Christ. and he did it with the That's platinum for Tekken 7. Oh, wow. Damn, <laughs> did he really? So he got the platinum for Tekken 7. I don't Didn't
3: we say that that was like impossible? Yeah, we basically told shit? him not to do it. And he was
1: like, fuck that shit.
3: Did it in like yeah. a month or two.
1: And so I'm honestly like, if we can get him to play either Max or Israel, I would love to see wh- what kind of skill translates from playing it in almost like an arcade mm-hmm. AI only sense. Yep. Versus like someone who plays it strictly a multiplayer uh, player versus player. Would it not
3: be, would you not have to get some of those trophies online though? I would guess you do. Yeah. But who knows like what the is. Yeah, coming is. from the two different like arenas of right, just like right knocking out the game versus, like, it falling in love with just this game kind of thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, the other thing, guys, uh, this is a pretty big development in Chase's life. I bought a new phone after having the same old one for five fucking years. Wow. wow. And my quality of life has literally increased and skyrocketed. Yeah. <laughs> my shit was literally would be at, like, 40% battery and just die.
0: I'd be on the phone,
1: <laughs> and it would just cut out. I couldn't hear Max on Discord because my antenna was all fucked. And I was like, this is it. I have to... Throwing the towel! Wow, I got a new phone, guys. Well, hey man, There's you bucked up and you made a big old purchase <laughs> like a big boy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah.
1: great. I put my, you, my big man. boy pants on. I mean, don't you get <laughs> upgrades and shit? Dude, no, I I like. I think the upgrade fee is like thirty dollars or whatever, but no. And you're you, like
0: fuck that. Well, no, no, no. Because you <laughs> still,
1: you no longer they no longer subsidize cell phones. Like you still have to pay the price. It's just either you do it on like a subscription service right. or you buy it all at once. Yeah. And to me, it was like, dude, the phone still works. Yeah. And I just I held out for so long, but yeah, that's cool. That's yeah, that funny.
2: mentality, man, of like trying. You when you start to need a new phone and things fall off one at a time. Toward, oh my like, god. Each one individually is not enough, dude. To make you switch to a f- new phone, yeah. But you're, by the like, end of it, exactly. you're like, "How do I even like communicate with this thing?" Like, by, when it's too late, when you just wake up one day and you're like, "This thing is fucking like backwards." I don't exactly, even know,
1: so.
3: yeah. No. Uh, I have a question that relates back to fighting games. I don't remember, br- back around the horn to fighting games, okay. but DBFZ because it's the only one I fucking know. Right. So they had the new patch that dropped. Uh-huh. They also had Goku base and Vegeta base drop. Um, with those two variables in the mix. Would y'all consider maybe switching up anybody on your team? Absolutely. There's
1: some sick combos that I've already seen with those two. The biggest thing is is like I kind of need a beam assist with my team for Frieza to get those really big combos. Yep. and I don't think either one of them has that. Hmm. And so either I need to go in there and just learn new tech to get big Frieza combos, but that's the biggest thing with me, yeah, is like Frieza is my character, my point character, and so I'm going to need assists at work with Frieza. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: absolutely.
2: No, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Uh, I played actually a little bit today with Andrew, and mm. he was playing Bass Vegeta, and some of that shit looks fucking very, very cool. Yeah. Like, even yeah, his opening, dope. it's like another cell opening. Yeah, right
3: his opening that. is pretty <laughs> fucking cool. <laughs> it's so rowdy, It's dude. well
2: animated. It's very cool, very cool, so... I, I don't know. I kind of got a little bit of the the, the bug to play today because we were playing earlier and we were just playing around. And I was playing like the old school team, which has now gone from team uh, high tier to team nerfed. So now yeah, I'm playing you low tier nerfed. boys. All right. So all <laughs> my characters got nerfed. So no more complaining. All my characters are bad. Uh, every time I win, uh, that's because you guys are bad. So Every time I just know. jam
3: H with Android 16, <laughs> Jesus. It doesn't. It, there's no excuses anymore.
2: Oh, man. Just kidding. But yeah. I don't know. Cool. i have to look I just into wanted it. to check
3: y'all's uh, y'all's pulse on that.
1: All right. Well, then let's go ahead and get right into the real the real deal, mm-hmm. the genuine part of the show, genuine article. Exactly. This is witty banter.
0: <laughs> All
1: right. We're going to do a little something different. We're trying to get away from uh, always doing news on the show because honestly, there's not always stuff that interests us that we want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to have some more evergreen topics at the front of the show, hopefully, uh, going forward. And the topic that I want to bring to you guys is the topic of SpongeBob SquarePants. Of course. So, Mm. never heard of
0: it. Yeah, what is that?
1: (laughs) You're going to have to explain everything. Um, I'm going to call this segment just a deep dive. Deep dive. And to start, how so? First of all, SpongeBob SquarePants, an iconic cartoon, one that got its start when we were kids, so mm-hmm. we kind of grew up with it. Uh, and I'm really just excited to kind of reminisce on SpongeBob with you guys, and just you know, get into what is one of the greatest cartoons ever. Fair play, to, you know. Um, first thing I want to do is give a little bit of the of background and just some facts about the show that I kind of looked up, and maybe some people don't know, but. It was created by a guy named Stephen Hillenberg and it first started as a comic called the Intertidal Zone, that he wrote when he was in college. And he majored in marine biology, and he had a minor in art. And so, like, he couldn't really decide whether or not he wanted to do like this art thing, but he also just like loved the ocean, so yeah. he was doing marine biology too, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. So then he he goes and he f- goes to a uh, like an animation festival, and he kind of falls in love with. The idea of being an animator, and he ends up getting a job on Rocco's Modern Life as mm. a director uh, on the oh, season cool. on season four, nice. Which I had no idea. I think that was pretty yeah. cool. So that's that's kind of where he starts getting his am- animation chops. Okay. Uh, and there is where he met Tom Kenny, who would eventually be the voice of SpongeBob. <laughs> okay. So SpongeBob worked on Rocco's Modern Life, okay, uh, as well.
3: I and-
2: could see the the influence between the two for cool. sure. Who yeah. was yeah. Who was Tom Kenny on Rocco's Modern Life? Rocco? I don't no think so. Way.
3: I didn't... was I like an Australian
2: dog. Well, <laughs> some people can fake the accent for <laughs> Australia. I yeah, know. Fuck me, right? Hello. Australia. Um,
1: and so a lot of the first contributors of SpongeBob into the show came from Rocco's Modern Life. They kind of had this really good creative synergy going. And... Hmm. Uh, They ended up doing the pilot and kind of breaking out and having the show. But Steven Hillenburg has remained the executive producer for the entirety of Spongebob's history. Um, And the only time Spongebob's had a break is in 2002 when he was focusing directly on making the first movie. The movie, yeah. And since then, he has at least been reviewing every episode of Spongebob that's come out since. Nice. Which I thought was pretty crazy. Uh, And the last little fact I want to throw out there is that each 11-minute episode takes about five months to produce. Oh, no shit. So that's kind of like the really? work that's going into these things.
0: How could, what? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty months? interesting. So wow. I'm going
1: to give you a little bit of a timeline of when the show first aired. It came out May 1st, 1999. And, Damn. um Which is, you know, it's fucking old. 19
3: s- years ago, dude. Yeah,
1: it's been a <laughs> bit. It's been Wow-ly. a bit. So, and the SpongeBob movie came out November 19th of 2004, and then seasons four uh, through nine uh, ran from May 2005 till July 2012. The second SpongeBob movie came out February 6th of 2015, and then finally season 10 and the current season 11 have been running from 2016, um, and season 11 started in 2017, and it's still going. And there's a third movie planned, apparently, for July 2020.
3: Hmm. I didn't really know that. Yeah, it's crazy no. how it's kind of like punctuated by the movies because I honestly haven't seen one of the movies. You haven't seen the first one, two thousand four. Did you see the, the first one? I didn't.
0: Wow. Wow. I distinctly wow-y. remember
1: like when that movie came out. I was at Cole's house and we all went and saw it, and then we spent the night at his place afterwards.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I wasn't
0: there. <laughs> remember, we
2: were all there and we were yeah, talking we were about all that there. friend that it we hated. Like, and it was like the whoa. best night that we had. Well, yeah, best <laughs> night ever. Oh, uh, that's cool, man. Because uh, I'm excited that there's a third movie on the horizon because. You know, like, I've, I've watched a pretty good majority of all of Spongebob for the most part, just mm-hmm. because Wyatt loves Spongebob. So we'll just go deep from the beginning all the way to the end. And yeah. um, obviously, like, after the third to fourth season is when, like, more nostalgic and recognizable episodes start to taper off. Right. And it becomes different styles of comedy, and it gets to be a mm. little different. And sometimes it's not always funny. Sometimes there are still... Sometimes it kills. Sometimes there are lines in there that fucking slay me (laughs) late into the seasons. So that's what Uh, I wanted
1: to ask you guys to start out with, is just like, what were your first memories of SpongeBob? And kind of what do you remember about it kind of coming into your life and the zeitgeist of being a fan of SpongeBob being popular as children when we were in like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, you know, and that
3: kind of coming around? I just remember like, you know... Obviously, like the first episodes were just golden. Like, like it wasn't anything like super fancy or crazy. But like, you know, the nematodes episode where uh, SpongeBob like gets the golden spatula and you know has to serve up all the nematodes, and then um, you know the bubble blowing episode as well. And
1: that's the first one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The
3: very first one. Yeah. Um, so like, it starts
2: strong. Yeah. yeah,
3: I mean, it's incredible. And uh, the voice acting with Patrick just sucked me right in. Yeah. You know, I mean, with with Patrick, uh, I, I just remember thinking, like, oh, it's a giraffe, <laughs> being, like, the funniest thing ever when it was an elephant. Uh, right. The
1: characters are just so strong. Like, they have such an identity, and they're so memorable. Squidward's so fucking just
3: <laughs> <laughs> cynical and miserable, <laughs> and there's just something great about it. Yeah,
0: um, But,
3: yeah, no, I mean, I, I just remember, like, I remember watching it, definitely feeling like this is, like, uniquely funny and interesting, and then... Like the, I guess the final tipping point about me sort of being like, this is like a phenomenon thing was like, my dad would sit down and watch it with me sometimes and like legitimately laugh out loud. Right. And, uh, and like, I didn't really have any other kids shows or anything that like my parents or anything really liked other than maybe like Pixar movies. Mm -hmm. So like, this was a show that like on Saturday morning I'd get up and watch and my dad like thought it was funny and laugh at it. And I was like, yes, dude. Got him.
0: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Max, how about you?
2: No, yeah, yeah, no, it's the same thing, right? Like, those first episodes with, I mean, the song, right? Like, our halftime song is in there, right? Oh, my God, I know, it's so so true. And, like, that was just hilarious, right? Like, (laughs) it sounded so weird, and it was just funny, the way that it sounded, that it carried over into your daily life, and you started taking these little things from the show and just, like, integrating them into your normal conversations, everything from, like, the idea that Squidward's house is a person. So you would mm-hmm. kind of talk to your friends and be like, don't tell anybody, not even Squidward's house and things like that. And you just kind of keep going like that. Or like the string in the box or whatever. And he's just like, well, I'm glad he didn't pull the string, which relieves the picture of him at the Christmas. And like all this, these, all these silly anecdotes that you could then bring into your daily life. And uh, I agree, man. It was one of those shows where like my parents were in on the phenomenon. They thought it was funny. And I was happy that they were enjoying it. And then as I grew up, I realized that, like, it's not just about the nostalgia. Like, the show is actually genuinely funny for, like, all ages, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. actually a hilarious, like, conceptually hilarious show that deals with a lot of different <laughs> nuances and just things that are, like, so I don't even know how to describe, but it doesn't, it transcends age very well. So,
1: yeah. When it was first coming up, like, I kind of distinctly remember because I, I was an only child so I'd watch a lot of stuff by myself, which sometimes gave me a hard gauge on what was considered funny by everybody else. Hmm. And when you started to like see more and more people talking about SpongeBob, which got me more excited to watch SpongeBob and then get getting to watch the episodes and coming to school and have all these laughs, like you were saying, Max, and like kind of share that with everybody. That was a great time. And I remember specifically though, like there was that break that we talked about where they stopped putting out um, shows for a little bit. Mm. And when it came back, we kind of had this feeling of like, okay, now there's new SpongeBob. Yeah, You know, mm-hmm. it looks different. There's like a different feel to it. The, the drawings a little bit different. And we kind of were like already noticing that maybe some of the magic had been lost, but I specifically remember hanging out in your backyard, uh, yeah. Hunter, <laughs> and you had a jacuzzi that had a view of an outdoor TV. Yeah, And we we're just like, like summer or something and we were just basically having the time of our sixth grade lives just getting a chill all day outside and we were like let's you know hang out in the pool let's see what's on oh spongebob's on mm-hmm. and it's the it's the normal episode yeah and yeah. i remember <laughs> just the 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 killer gags in the normal episode having seen it like watching it for the first time with my friends and just like dying the illustrative laughing.
3: comedy just like yeah the facial humor and shit right. was hilarious right.
1: right and i think we were like somewhat particularly primed to enjoy facial comedy because we grew up with stuff like Jim Carrey and Mm -hmm. things like that, you know? Like, there was some kind of cross-pollination that was happening there. Um, But the next thing I want to talk about is just the voice actors, because you mentioned how the voice actors are such a big draw. The characters themselves are iconic because they're so well-defined and Um, well-realized. So, first of all, Tom Kenny is the voice of SpongeBob. He also does Gary. He does the French announcer, which I didn't realize. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, like two hours later. That's
1: also Tom <laughs> Kenny. And this I didn't know and really blows my fucking mind. He's Patchy the Pirate.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, I, I knew that. Can, I think I kind of yeah. knew that, yeah. I, I mean, I had handset it. I, I don't know if I ever confirmed. but Yeah, and so yeah, I right. just never
1: realized that I was looking at the voice of SpongeBob all yeah. this time, you know. <laughs> Other shows that he's done, he's been on the Fairly Odd Parents, the Powerpuff Girls. He's mm-hmm. the mayor and snake on that show, which I thought was kind of cool. OK, mm-hmm. um, he's on Foster's home and he's the penguin in the in the animated Batman TV show, hmm. which is pretty interesting.
2: Really? I actually had no idea that. That's yeah. crazy.
1: And I want to say he's also uh, the voice of Ice King in Adventure Time. Oh, yes. He must yeah. definitely yes. is. Yeah. yeah, you can hear that. <laughs> and next we've got the voice of Patrick, who is Bill Foggerbacka is how I'm going to pronounce it. It's kind of an interesting last name. Maybe Fagerbake. I don't know. Um, but he's got like the other work that he does is more acting driven. He's had roles in Funny Farm, which is a Chevy Chase comedy. Hmm. Uh, he's been in HBO's Oz and he's been in a Steve- Stephen King miniseries and the TV show Weeds. OK, so he's got kind of like a more dis- different, varied background. I wonder if we'd
3: be able to point him out
1: by yeah. his voice. I mean, who knows? But like then Squidward Tentacles is Roger Bumpass. He's been bump an in bumpass, bump, bump <laughs> pat, like bumpass. Yeah, literally bumpass. You gotta, you gotta roll with comedy. Yeah, if you gotta, I mean, name you like
3: gotta that. do it, man. Right. He's been in Invader Zim,
1: it. Monsters Inc, The Emperor's New Groove, and Spirited Away. He was in Spirited Away,
2: cool. that so last one. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, wow. like
1: pretty amazing little filmography. Uh, yeah. Tomography. A little, yeah. Uh, we got Clancy Brown, the voice of Mr. Krabs, which apparently Hillenburg modeled Mr. Krabs after a manager he had at a seafood restaurant <laughs> that had, like, a, a main accent. Okay. And um, <laughs> this guy also has a more prolific acting background. He was Krugan in Highlander. He was in the hmm. Shawshank Redemption. He was in Starship Troopers and Thor Ragnarok. So he's, like, okay. been acting for a while okay. and has still yeah. got awesome. acting gigs. Uh, And then lastly, I've got Caroline Lawrence, who is Sandy Cheeks, and she also did work in Jimmy Neutron, Resident Evil 4, which I thought was kind of cool, Moral Oral, which is like an adult swim Hmm. comedy, and EverQuest 2, which is a video
2: game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right, cool. And so, yeah, I wanted to kind of highlight them because I think there is something particular about the voice acting in general and just like the talent that even as kids, like I think we were kind of we maybe not were picking up on it in the sense we knew that it was good, but that has to be one of the hooks that keeps people like kind of immersed and engaged, you know?
3: Yeah. they're, and they're all like, it's kind of like the opposite of what South Park is where like South Park is like, everybody kind of has the same voice. Cause it's basically just those two dudes doing every yeah. voice. Uh, every voice <laughs> on SpongeBob is like truly unique and different sounding. And, uh, like it, again, like, uh, one that wasn't even mentioned, shout out to Plankton. Like yeah. Plankton has an awesome voice acting as well. Um, and, like, even Plankton's wife, the robot's funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, it's just like there's a nice diversity. Like, Plankton has this big booming voice and he's a little tiny pod. And then, you know, uh, like Pearl has like a little girl's voice and she's like a huge whale. Uh, but, yeah. No,
2: yeah. Like, there's something about the way that the characters' voices are done to where it doesn't sound like overly cheesy and, like, I don't want to say like unnatural because they're cartoon characters. But they're things that you don't really get bored of as far as, like, the character designs and how they sound. Like you said, that main accent is such a, like, nuanced accent to give you a cartoon <laughs> character. But we all recognize it now because we know who yeah. Mr. Krabs is, right? Same <laughs> yeah. thing with, like, Plankton and that more, like, articulate and, like, booming presence and that sort of, like, style of speaking. We're all Texans, so obviously Sandy Cheeks was not a surprise to us. Right. But I'm sure plenty of people were listening to Sandy and be like, "That's how they talk in Texas. It's so funny." <laughs> but like, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was so. It's something that I feel like doesn't get old. You know, the characters have plenty of room to do more wacky stuff, and it just I and don't they know, don't overact don't, it either. Yeah, like, they don't it's really e- overact in that sense.
3: But it's yeah, it's good stuff.
1: So a couple more things I I want to talk about is, one, the reception and kind of the legacy of the show. Within the first month that it came out, it overtook Pokemon as the highest rated Saturday morning cartoon. Hmm. So it very much like came Saturday morning, man. I
3: was a part of that phenomenon. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Came busting
1: out of the door, It became the second highest rated program after Rugrats by 2001. And mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, kind of our, our parents watching it, 40% of the audience were at age 18 to 34. So it had an adult audience. Yeah. That's 40% yeah. of like the 2.2 million viewers that it brought in. That's a lot the, of people. On a regular basis. Yeah, that's a high stat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's almost half. Kind of, oh, yeah. yeah. Ratings <laughs> kind of began to decline in like 2012. Um, and it's still going now. And they, they gave a variety of reasons of why it could be on the decline uh, but it's had recognition in Time Magazine, Variety, and the New York Times. Uh, President Obama said that SpongeBob was his favorite TV character at one point.
3: Yeah. Okay. Nice.
1: Pretty, you know, That's yeah. Nice little accolade. Yeah. Uh, it's got four Emmy awards and two BAFTAs, and is now the series with the most episodes on from a Nickelodeon show, uh, which recently surpassed Rugrats. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so now I want to just get you know kind of into some of your favorites. I want to hear what are y'all's favorites uh, Spongebob characters. and The characters? Favorite characters. I'm gonna okay, run I thought dumb. we were going to talk about Sodes. We'll do that, too. We'll get to episodes next. Uh, right. But for characters, you, of course, you've got the, the mains, Spongebob Patrick, Mr. Krabs, Plankton and Karen, Sandy Cheeks, Mrs. Puff. It's a great word. Then you've got Pearl Krabs, um, Gary, Mermaid Man and Barticle Boy, The Flying Dutchman, Larry the Lobster, Squilliam Fancy Son, Man Ray and the Dirty Bubble, <laughs> Bubble Bass and Doodle Bob, to name a few. What are you guys' favorite SpongeBob characters?
2: I mean, I don't want to like spoil the fact that the Doodle Bob episode is one of my favorite episodes for sure. But yeah. Doodle Bob is fucking hilarious. Um, but outside of him, I think the Flying Dutchman is also one of like whenever he comes into play, it's always going to be an extra good time. Just the way that he talks, and there's so hey, many iconic moments. Like, yeah, so... yeah, everything always clashes right in. <laughs> but um, there's just like so many iconic moments that are like linked to him. Like when he's when he like finally catches them because they found his treasure or whatever, and they're giving them all these different things, and it's just like
0: two gold doubloons,
2: and it's just like plastic yeah. and all plastic. that kind of shit. <laughs> and I just fucking loved that, and I love that character a lot too. He's 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 probably one of my favorites for sure.
3: Yeah. I like Barnacle Boy. I think Barnacle Boy is pretty funny because it's like Squidward, but he has like this geriatric (laughs) fucking hero he has to like deal with all the time. Um, The Man Ray episode. Man Ray is hilarious. Pretty hilarious. Uh, Bubble Bass was freaking hilarious. Um, Larry has some pretty good. Larry is a great addition. Yeah, like he only comes in at times where he can really kind of like give some good stuff. Um but then yeah, I mean like That's how Mrs. Pat- Puff is for me too.
1: Yeah, There's something Mrs. about Puff's Mrs. Pretty Puff's good. like vocal delivery that yeah. just her
3: like the fact that she's slowly being driven insane. Yeah. Is just, <laughs> she's just golden. Um but yeah, and then obviously just like Patrick and Squidward are probably my two favorites. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. I would have to go with Squidward. Like there is something about his just hardcore cynicism because he works at basically a fast food restaurant. Like, he's the perfect dichotomy, right? Like, he mm-hmm. is just, he, like, he is someone who uh, all, like, passion in life has basically died. He's got his clarinet, mm-hmm. but he has to go to work and be kind of, like, put up against this obnoxiously happy Spongebob dude who's bouncing off the walls. And, like, to me, all <laughs> of my favorite episodes usually involve Squidward, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And
3: yeah I, I think he's super hilarious because like all of us can kind of see ourselves in at <laughs> moments like in Squidward, um, and 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 yeah, like it, it is a dichotomy because he is like super miserable, and, but he also has this like super high like, like view highbrow. of himself. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he thinks that he's, like, really special from an artistic standpoint, (laughs) which is funny to, like, watch him explore, like, you know, how great he is and whatever What's hilarious is that
1: one particular painting where it's, like, Squidward in this abstract pose (laughs) has become kind of, like, a meme in, like, pretend, in, like, in, like, kind of making fun of yourself as pretentious. Like, people print that shit out and hang it in their house and, like... (laughs) make pop art out of it and stuff at this nice. point. Yeah. I'm like, I think I that's really I believe it's
2: called funny. The Bold and the Brash.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
2: <laughs> More like belongs in the trash. <laughs> oh, my God. So many good All right. bits.
1: All right. I want to hear what you guys, uh, what your favorite episodes are to kind of close out the discussion. I've got a list to kind of go off of if we need any inspiration, but. Okay.
3: Right. I mean, bu- the bubble blowing episode is up there, I mean, we already mentioned Doodle Bob. Doodle Bob's fucking hilarious. Yeah, Doodle
1: Bob was like one of the first pieces of media I bought from the
3: iTunes store. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. the Dream episode where they like. Which one was that? Po- where SpongeBob oh, goes into everyone yeah. else's dreams. Um, that was surreal as shit. Yeah, and like, yeah, that was that was a really good episode. Who and was the, who was just on the little like mechanical? That's Patrick. Yeah, Patrick just, right just, just oh, yeah, the, the and then he like doesn't have a quarter. <laughs> But he's, he just sits there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, those are the ones that pop out to me. And then obviously like the serving the nematodes, the, just the first few episodes mm-hmm. really right. good. Max, There's I like just your- like
2: specific gags from each one of these episodes that like literally every single time that I watch them yeah. gets me and slays me. Yeah. And that one from Doodle Bob is when he's like running through his house and he's <laughs> running away and he's behind a door and Doodle Bob erases oh, yeah. the door, but it erases the back of his clothes, and then he looks down at his butt crack, and then just really quickly like erases his crack, <laughs> like fucking runs in. And every thim- every single time I see that, I fucking die. So that's gotta be one of my favorite episodes. Um, I also really like the one with the hash slinging slasher, which is oh, where yeah. they run twenty four <laughs> hours. And like <laughs> yeah. they tell these stories and like you have a Squidward bunch one. of bits from that one where he's like Nosferatu and it's just like Nosferatu, but Photoshop to be like smiling really goofily. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like that was yeah, easily one of my favorite episodes, too. I don't know. There's really so many. I feel like I'm going to leave this episode of Witty Banter and be like, fuck, I should have talked about that one thing on there. So, yeah, so a many few
1: shout outs. One, I thought one that was like episode was kind of creative and definitely iconic is the Krusty Krab training video episode Oh my god. (laughs) I was
3: thinking about the other
0: day. Yeah. Yeah. Poop. (laughs) poop
1: Just remember, pet or Squidward. Poop. Oh my god. And they're, um, I think Rock Bottom is definitely, definitely deserves a shout out. Oh my god. Is that where they're like, uh, they go to Glove World and they get dropped off at the wrong stop? They go to Rock Bottom.
3: I I was thinking the Magical Conch for a second, but that's a different (laughs) one. Magical Conch is the SpongeBob
1: Club. Okay. Episode where they get lost in the woods yeah. and Squidward loses his fucking mind. There's also the <laughs> Sailor Mouth episode where they learn to curse.
2: Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's an
1: it's I was thinking about that one. I was keeping
2: that That's in mind. So funny. That
1: was fantastic. Um, and then also like the something smells where they get bad breath. Uh, is definitely, a, yeah,
2: one's definitely yeah that was
1: definitely a classic. And you then gave I gotta,
0: me the ugly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I got to give a shout out to uh, the pizza delivery. Oh my
2: god, that one's (laughs) great. Always funny.
3: The imagination box
1: is (laughs)
2: great too.
3: Anyway.
1: SpongeBob, like Spongebob's awesome.
2: Right, like it's just funny that we're talking about this because even to this day, and that pizza one really reminded me of it because like I will be out, I'm a server and I wait on the floor, but my kitchen staff is just a bunch of fucking like 20-year-old dudes and ladies who are just Cracking up having the time of their life in the back. And there are literally times when I can hear them yelling from the floor, different quotes from SpongeBob that just get me every <laughs> fucking time. Like shit that's just like they used to ride these babies for miles. Like it's yeah. a rock. And like things like that. It's or just a rock. being like, What did he say? What did he
0: say? Chocolate. 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 And just
2: saying all these like there's so many just different lines that you can get that to this day are always gonna be funny to quote with your friends, which is why I think it's a sign of a really awesome show. yeah Yeah. rip my pants was also a
0: good
2: one too i need a tailor
1: (laughs) all right let's uh put a bow on that thank you guys for entertaining the spongebob discussion of course i'm I'm happy to it's all you know we get to kind of honor it as a as a piece of our childhood you know so a great deep dive yeah yeah let's take a quick break and we'll come back right after halftime
2: all right Beep, beep, beep 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 beep
1: If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast.
2: Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show.
3: And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it
1: ep beep beep, 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 you know, we're drinking these beers rather quickly, hunter. yeah, we got a six pack, so we got to take it out. you know we got to do what you gotta do. What do you think yeah. about the what do you think about the red trolley
3: ale? I was like really close to a, to a Shackleton boys. Yeah.
0: well, you know. Yeah, you know.
3: Um, <laughs> I think it's good, man, so I, I think you're right, man I, I I don't really know we need to we need to do a little bit of research to understand what the specific flavor or or like taste identifier is for red ales but yeah it's just like kind of malty and um it's really good it's like kind of like a bit of spice to it i don't know what kind of spice maybe just like a really underwhelming like like, maybe 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 it's just the roastiness of the of the Uh, malt or something i don't know but it it drinks smooth right um i don't get necessarily hints of raisins Uh, it also says current, which I don't really know much about. Yeah. So, but as far as just from like more of a almost superficial standpoint, like it drinks smooth, uh, you know, it's 5.8% alcohol by volume. And I feel like it, it holds itself from a body standpoint and mouthfeel standpoint like Mm -hmm. that. I'm really digging it. I think it's like a quality, quality beer. Yeah. I think it
1: has some character. Yeah. You, it's kind of easy to grab onto a couple of different aspects like you're mentioning. And what I'm thinking about now for Irish red ales is I'm almost comparing it to Guinness where hmm. Guinness has this backbone of sweetness and light drinkability that is layered with a little bit of more of like a coffee roastiness in the, where that like kind of black color yeah. comes in. And mm-hmm. to me, it's almost like you've peeled off that black roastiness, but you've left the toffee sweetness drinkability there.
3: Yep, toffee. Mm-hmm. I
1: can kind of understand what, what they're trying to get at with the raisin because... It is sweet, but it is kind of like a more drier, like deeper sweetness, I guess. Um, But to be completely frank... I, in my mind going into this I remember thinking to myself that I wasn't really a big fan of this beer but honestly within like the second sip I was like no no this is actually really good yeah this is you solid know? yeah um, it's really drinkable we're kind of going through it rather quickly but
3: award-winning even
1: yeah I mean dude it's it is a so Carl Strauss is definitely like a figurehead brewery in San Diego and this is their flagship beer nice so that's that's kind of the background for in it.
3: 2010 and 2013. It won gold for Irish-style red ale for the GABF. Nice. I don't know what that means. Great American Beer Festival. Oh, nice. There you go.
1: Well done. All right. Stuck the landing, Max. <laughs> what do you think about Uh-oh. the whiskey, man?
2: Stuck the landing, and then you pass it on over to me. <laughs> Your turn. Um, I mean, it's a good whiskey, right? It's definitely got a lot more of a burn to it than you would for like a Four Roses, right? Which is like what I tend to compare things to. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily a smooth whiskey. It's definitely a whiskey that you kind of pour up with a bunch of your like burly friends, you know, and you're all drinking it more to prove a point, you know, more than to like embrace some form (laughs) of a like. I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like take another one, bitch. Yeah. And we all (laughs) do it right. And we all hold back the faces that we want to make after we take a huge swig. Uh, But that being said, I mean, it's still a delicious bourbon. I mean, it's got a sweet aftertaste to it. Um, it's definitely it's definitely something that I'm not opposed to. I would maybe recommend this with maybe a couple cubes of ice. That might mm-hmm. help dilute that sort of like heat and like upfront flavor. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But so far, I'm still enjoying it. I still like it. Makes put some hair on my chest, which is yeah. much needed because <laughs> I'm baby smooth. Put on some lemon in that boy. pencil. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying. Right it. on.
1: Cool. Okay. Uh so Hunter, this is what I'm digging right now. You're coming you're, you're you're the game warden today.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm uh holstering the title. Uh bringing y'all to the safari zone. Oh my god. And I'm going to be the game warden today. I'm more of a discovery zone kind of kid.
2: Oh, lame. Yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> discovery zone sucked. Let's be real. Are here. you
1: serious, dude? <laughs> Oh, god, that's a conversation for I'm a different time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Was, All right, we're doing woo.
2: another deep dive here on the yeah. Discovery
0: <laughs>
1: Founded in 2001. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, guys. So, oh, yes, yeah. I uh, had been making this uh, set of game material content for the last two weeks. Damn. And I'm really Whoa. excited to Refining drop it on it. you. Recently, this has been brined you know, Chase, for two weeks. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> yeah, I've been brewing it up. And, uh, you know, Chase, recently you mentioned that when we had our last game that you felt like it was the start of, like, the new season almost of oh, games. Yeah. But that there was one thing in particular that would kick it off into being the official season. And so that is going to be a Metal or Magic. Magic.
1: Wow. Holy Changing. Changing the dichotomy.
3: Yes. It's usually
1: go. Max's... He's reserved himself away from the fucking bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Because, right. Max, I'm telling you right now, it's nerve-wracking. You don't want to <laughs> get <course>. these wrong.
2: <laughs> We're sure. You look like a buffoon. Okay.
3: Uh, well, I'm telling you, Fuck, I've got some go. good ones, and I feel pretty confident uh, about the, the content itself. For those of you who are new to Metal or Magic, I will be reading some, uh, some words off of the screen that will be either flavor text That is located on a Magic: The Gathering card, or they will be lyrics from a metal song, and we will do a uh, a back and forth uh, sort of you know one person gets one, the next person gets one. Uh, I'm gonna give y'all one steal, okay, and I'm also gonna give you one lifeline, okay? okay. And the lifeline is that if if you uh, choose to use your lifeline, I will give you what will either be the name of the card or the name of the song yeah. that it is based on. Right. Such so a good game. We're going game. to do the... We're going to play 10 total. In All right? Oh, that's a lot of games. Yeah. Yep. There we do it. 10 total. The first right. to 10. Let's roll. Right, this will so be interesting. how are going to decide who goes first, guys?
2: Max, Look, I'm, man.
3: What? Yeah, Gentleman's
1: Game. What's it going to be?
2: You know what? Chase, I think you should uh, open up on this one. You okay. have more experience with the game. I've got think, more to lose. You... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> show, show for, I was the original developer, dude. Yeah. I'm like essentially somebody that developed the game and is walking <laughs> in and playing somebody who's just been playing I'm it the and it's getting destroyed right. by them. So. I don't all know. All right, all right, guys. Yeah, I'll
3: start it off. We're gonna start it off. So the first one is the locks on the cages of the damned are opened. With keys of marrow, sinew, and blood.
1: Oh my lord. (laughs) It's short and sweet. It's super fucking brutal. (laughs) Right. So the locks opening definitely read as some sort of mechanic to me.
3: The locks on the cages of the damned are opened with keys of marrow, sinew, and blood.
1: So it could be like a hyper-specific card that gets rid of like an enchantment. Right. Or like a like a permanent card but honestly that sounds like just too specific to me mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go with a metal song on this one dude okay locking it in
3: locking it in for one metal song and you're wrong that is god damn it demon of death's gate De- <laughs> which is a black uh demon card is it what is it a creature it is a creature okay
2: damn
1: it's just a rowdy creature card all right that
2: sounds like a good creature to have on your team
1: Coming off on a great start.
3: All right. So, Max. Yes. Yours is, we fear no mortals in these worlds. The gift we give you is your soul.
2: <laughs> um, okay. Okay. We fear no mortals in this world. The gift we give you is your soul. Correct. Something along to that effect? Mm-hmm. All right. It sounds... To me, like, this could easily be a flavor text, for sure, describing some sort of grouping of extraterrestrial or some sort of, like, ghost-like creatures, right? Easy. Mm -hmm. But it also sounds like a pretty chantable line in a sweet metal song. A nice uh,
1: driving beat in a chorus.
2: I've read a lot of Blind Guardian lyrics in my day, and they are definitely... Pretty in line with this one here,
1: dude. Blind Guardian is a gold mine for this game.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. It essentially boil. <laughs> when I make the game, it essentially boils down to Blind Guardian versus yeah. yeah. Magic. <laughs> um, but I just I gotta go with my gut instinct, and I believe that it's a metal song. Okay, one point for Max. Of course, of course, yes. it is.
3: There it the, is. Take the, the, the song is ahead. "Black Fire Upon Us" by Death Clock. Damn it, that dude. dude so damn when we start, it, start pulling
1: really? Death Clock lyrics, too, dude. it starts <laughs> oh, to burn. Man.
3: It starts yeah, to burn. Sure. It is a little singe of extra sort of like, <laughs> yeah. off. Oh, makes it personal. It's that okay. band you know. Yeah. All right, Chase. Yeah. Your number two, All right. or I guess three total, is when kissed by the sword of vengeance, your head lays there by your side. Dude. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: You know, it sounds pretty rowdy, <laughs> yeah. and I can see revenge being a mechanic. You know, of course. like something happens, and this is an instant yeah. card. That kind of like attacking creature is sacrificed, or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sure. I got yeah. I got to go with a magic card on this one.
3: Zero what points. What is going J's.
1: on <laughs> in this hotel room?
3: That is the song Dark
2: Avenger by War. We are really putting this show on its head right now, man. This is great.
1: Well, you know, anytime you and I play in each other just about anything, I have zero satisfaction. With
3: that.
2: <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> uh, All right, Max. Yeah. Number four total,
3: you're number two. What's up? No chance to get away. No time for your last prayer. When the prowler sneaks up from behind.
1: They named it in the, in the words.
3: No chance to get away, no time for your last prayer, when the prowler sneaks up from
2: behind. Prowler sneaks... So at the beginning, I'm like, okay, that's got to be a metal song, right? Like, you could easily hear the rhythm at first, but when the prowler sneaks up from behind you, like... I could easily see that as, like, whatever creature it is, it's, like, on all fours, and it's being sneaky, right? It's coming Mm. up behind somebody who's unsuspecting.
1: This sucks, too, because Hunter loves black creatures and all of these sound,
2: (laughs) like, Like black black creatures. creatures. Um, Of course. But I gotta go, again, with my instincts, man. I really think that's a metal song, man. That sounds like something I could definitely chant along with, so.
1: I like that you're incorporating the rhythmic nature of the (laughs)
3: of the my Max has two points. Of course. Now. All right. Ooh,
2: it's now, there it's we go. now on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and just like that, the tension is real. I have to perform now.
2: You do. You, you got yeah. it. Right. Two
3: points to Max. Zero points for Chase. That is here. Renegade by Hammerfall. Cool. Hammerfall sounds kind of cool. Okay. There we go. All right. So, Chase, number five total. You are number three. Okay. 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 Uh, let, me look, let me be looking. I'm going back and forth. You're just pulling them out of a bag right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It. Your pleas for death shall go unheard.
2: Ooh, that's short.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Rough. Your it's- pleas
1: for death shall go unheard. It's too short, I feel like, to to pull from a song. Like someone making the you game so? I, f- I feel like I would I would have to add at least two lines, you know? Because we're getting, it's just, it's so short that it's almost, like, nondescript. Mm-hmm. I mean, Yeah, I got to go Magic card.
3: Okay, point to Chase. Finally. All right, good. Nice. At least we now we've got a little something happening. are on the board. It's a point Something's away brewing. All right, yeah. two to one. That one is It That Betrays. It That Betrays. I like right. how some of these, who is were like, if I gave you the name, you still wouldn't be able to tell if it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's the great. best
2: part. When you get those cards and they ask for their lifeline on those, <laughs> you're <they're> like, yes. <laughs>
0: Tomb of the Damned.
3: So, Max, your third. Um One footstep among many is silent. One footstep alone is deafening.
1: Damn. Getting metaphorical on these.
2: That's two You know silent which
1: is some deafening stuff, dude.
2: For sure. Um I could sign that for yeah, sure, all right? That'd be great. I could sign that at a concert where this yeah. band was playing, that would be sweet. His but bread and butter right
1: now has been metal songs.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but, that being said, this feels to be a little bit too verbose to be put into like a, a metal lyric, right? Like it'd be hard to fit in to the metal song, unless it's some sort of like breakdown where you don't need to f- have some sort of rhythm. That being said, I still got to go with magic card on this one.
3: His reasoning is sound. It's a magic card. Yeah. Fuck. Is
2: it three? That's
3: that, three points for Max. Oh, one point for Chase thus man. far. All right. Okay. Pedal to the fucking metal, dude.
1: Or the magic.
2: <laughs> you know, some it depends. You gotta think about it because it could be the other one.
1: Yeah, sometimes they give you magic cards.
2: And because sometimes it's really hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
3: Chase. Hit me. All memory of your existence will be wiped from reality. Dude, You will die and no one will mourn.
2: That is horrifying. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that down. Yeah. <laughs> Next time I really got to threaten my way out of a situation.
1: To me, that one just rings as a magic card. I really like that Max is bringing, like, how does this fit in a song? And it doesn't right. seem to me to have, like, some sort of lyrical structure um you know there's a lot of cards that are about like the age of heroes and stuff like that and and what better way to disavow a hero than erase him from time and history Mm -hmm. and um i can see some mechanical rumblings in there i gotta go with a magic card
2: so wait before you before you finish this up Uh the stealing system yeah do i sacrifice a point if i try to steal
3: you would sacrifice one of your own points, but you have to choose the opposite of opposite Right.
2: Effect. Can I hear it one more time? You can.
3: Okay, this is going to be a big one now. <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh. All memory of your existence will be wiped from reality. You will die and no one will mourn.
2: No, I can't do it, I can't steal. Yeah. I'm not going to steal.
3: I wanted Sorry. To, I wanted to do it. <laughs>
0: you
2: sure? All right. We're
3: yeah, both sure. locking in. We're both locking in. All right. Locking well, that's in. good because Chase got that one. All right.
1: right. See, I'm I'm trailing. I'm plus. walking
3: up and I'm trailing. Yeah. We have what? Right. He's got two
1: more left and I have one more left.
3: Yes. This right. next one will be the 8th and it is 3 to 2 Max. Okay. All right.
1: We got ourselves a game, boys. Right. Okay.
3: All right, Max. Yes. Yours is pounded by the hammers <laughs> of the giants of the
2: world. Oh. <laughs> Pounded by sweet? the hammers, by the giants of the what?
3: Pounded by the hammers of the giants of the world.
2: world. Man, so is that like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, so, so is that like, it could be like a sword or like some sort of weaponry, right? Like it was pounded out, you know, Maybe, by some yeah. sort of brutal blacksmith of some sort. There's all or maybe, sorts of
3: like artifacts and stuff and magic. It right. could be. There's all sorts of. Could right. be anything. I guess honestly, on
0: Magic. Park.
2: But could it be? A, could be a creature. Like the giants, like I gotta go with a metal song on this one. That seems like a good old-fashioned like Blind Guardian lyric. Like fucking pounded by the giants of the something something something. Like pounded by pounded the pounded by hammers. the giants. Pounded like that, by the hammers of the, the giants of the world. That hits with like the 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 4 over 4 measure. Like I think that'll work.
3: Okay, I thought I'd get you, but you got that one right as well. 4 points for Who Max. Is yeah. It's been flawless. That was Black Wind Fire and Steel by Manowar. Yeah, I've wow. I've seen
1: Manowar pop up in a lot of these games too because I got some rowdy lyrics. I was tempted to steal on that one.
3: Okay. All right. <laughs> okay.
1: So All right, guys. 4 to 2? Four, 4 to 2. Jesus. Right. Um, I'm I'm backed into a corner. I have to get this one right.
3: You have to get this one right, and you might have to steal. Yeah,
1: this is fucking crazy.
3: Okay. Uh (laughs) My mind is, it's a whirlwind. Okay. All right. No thought, but hunger. No strategy, but destruction. Another one that's short and sweet. No thought, but hunger. No strategy, but destruction. It's got a little bit of a lyrical composition. Right.
1: Some rhythm in the breaks. I'm going to use my lifeline.
3: Okay. The lifeline, which is the name of this little uh, parcel, is Pathraiser of Ulamog. Yeah, dude, that's a magic
0: card.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> it is a magic sometimes, card. Dude,
0: sometimes you,
2: yeah, dude, sometimes you sure, hit the yeah. slam
1: duck with those, you know?
2: <laughs> for yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. Was, that's what the lifeline's for. Double yeah. times they really work, yeah.
3: For that sure. was one of the ones that definitely gave itself away by the name. So well done. So that's three points for Chase. Alright. Alright. All right. Now I'm going to steal on this. Okay. Right.
1: I have to do it. So if I if he gets it wrong and I steal and get it right, we'll be tied.
3: Okay. Alright, well no, I'm regret. going to <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I get a good one here.
2: Okay. What's it gonna be?
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> here we are. Hold oh, on. I've just on. gotta
3: make sure I've just gotta make sure no, that, that everything lines up here. He wants it to be a good game, dude. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's gotta be the okay. flawless game. I'm looking for a five over five right now. So
3: Yeah, okay. Alright, this is the last one. Are you coming up on getting everyone? A, yeah, he's about to get oh, everyone. Oh my god, the ace in the hole. Okay. Come on now. Okay. Mm. Careless. Like a child with fire so was I with time.
2: Fuck. Hairless. <laughs> careless. Like a
3: child. <laughs> you know, hairless like a child. Careless, like <laughs> uh, a child careless. with fire. Yes. Like a child with fire, so was I with time.
2: Well, I need to use my lifeline, so yeah. I'd like to know the name of the, the thing. The related name, vanishing.
3: Ooh,
1: pretty, op- pre- Fuck pretty you,
2: opaque. Fuck you, it! <laughs> Vanishing, you say.
3: Okay. Careless like a child with fire, so was I with time. We got a embedded... Vanishing. ...steel from Chase on the board.
2: It's gotta be a metal song, right? 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 I mean, are you I'm not in? reacting to any of this. What? <laughs> Hunter, like... Vanishing, careless, like, a, yeah, for sure. That's what I don't oh, even sure know how magic hard. cards fucking work, so <laughs> I don't know. Like, you should get it in on it, dude. It it's wouldn't pretty fun. Matter Gosh, even if you yeah. did. This one. Okay, I gotta go with the metal song. I'm pretty sure it's a metal song. Vanishing, he's talking about himself. Um, yeah, all right. Like I'm gonna, song. I
1: gotta steal and I'll say
3: magic card.
2: It is a magic card. What's up? Fuck you,
3: god damn it.
1: That's 4-4. Four, 4-4. Four. Four oh do we have tiebreakers? Oh, I have plenty. Oh, he's got one. <laughs> <I have> oh, <laughs> no. He's got the library. Okay. So what?
3: Lightning round, right? So I think with lightning round, what we should do is cannonball style. Oh. I think I'm just going to say it, and I think you guys have to commit.
1: Okay, what if you get it wrong? Is that it, then?
3: If you Can commit I? first and you get it wrong, the other person has all the time in the world to do... The, he gets the other... Yeah, he gets the other... One. Or he could choose, before I give you the answer, to well, hold on, agree hold on. with you. Actually, that's not Cannonball. Yeah. So, so, we'll just do it this way. Y'all both will answer my, my question. Okay. And I will give you what the answer is after both of y'all put in your two cents. Okay. And we will only stop when somebody gets it wrong. Sure. You got it? Okay. Got it. All right, so both of y'all have used your lifeline, too. That's out the window. Right. Correct. All right. Um, pretty
1: clutch lifeline if I don't say so much. Uh, so. Yeah,
3: absolutely. <laughs> okay. Vanishing. God damn it. Okay. Amidst the darkest ashes, grow the strongest seeds.
2: Wow. I'm going to say. So, magic. what benefit do I have? Wait. What benefit do I have of going first here? There's no benefit. Any?
0: The
3: only benefit is that you get to get in the mind of the person who's also going. Like, if
1: you didn't know, you could just match me and then try to get to one that you thought you did know. But I'm going to say right. magic.
2: Yeah, I also was thinking magic, though. So. Okay. I'm y'all magic. both in
3: for magic? That is a right. magic card. Yeah. Okay. It is called Crucible is. of Worlds. Uh, well done to the both of you. Thank you. Okay.
0: I
1: appreciate that. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one. I watch you die inside while fear controls your life. Way too brutal.
2: Gotta go. Yeah, that's, that's a metal metal song. Yeah, that's gotta be a fucking metal song.
3: You're saying that magic can't it be brutal? It gets brutal, but dude, like, children play this game. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, are y'all both saying a metal yeah. song? metal song. Bonus point, if y'all could uh, name the band.
2: Death oh Clock. No.
3: This is Operation Ground and Pound by <laughs> Dragon Force. Oh, my. oh <laughs> there it is. Alright, man, well, we're still tied. Luckily, I have a lot of these. <laughs> okay. Um, Black Jewel in his head. He's the one who's forever there. Born a thousand times. Magic
2: card?
3: I would wow. say. Wow.
2: But that one's a little bit up in the air. That could wow. be a lot of things. Black, Black jewel, jewel in
3: his head. his head. He's the one who's forever there, born a thousand times.
1: God, that's really cool. It's really cool. I'm going <laughs> to own this card.
3: Yeah.
2: The magic card? Uh, God damn it. Or is I gotta it? Go Man, i got go to ma- I I gotta go, with card. I gotta go with magic card. i got to
1: go with magic
3: card.
2: Whoa! Holy moly!
3: So y'all are both gonna guess the same shit. What well, we should round, have done guys, is yeah.
0: Well,
2: <laughs> we
3: can change it up. For yeah, yeah next we should one go again. one
2: at a time. Okay. Yeah, we'll go one at a time after this.
3: Because y'all were both wrong on this one. Damn, dude, that could have. Damn it. That was, a that was a Blind Guardian
2: lyric, guys. Fuck, damned, man. Damned
3: for all time.
1: You've probably read that one while researching, Max.
2: I probably did, and I probably thought it wasn't good enough. And here it is, tricking me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Running out of a lot of them, but we've got a few left. Okay. So the next one will be.
1: And it'll go to me. Yeah.
3: (laughs) All right. I will flay the skin from your flesh, then the flesh from your bones. Even then, you have not suffered enough. Way too brutal. Wait, metal song.
2: That, I'm pretty sure that's a magic card, but Y'all just wanna end know. it right here? You can steal still you can still steal, dude.
1: Or we can end it right here. Yeah, if we differ, that can be the end. You I'm can- saying Metal Song.
2: I'm gonna jump out and I'm gonna say that's a magic card. Alright, he's gonna steal.
3: You're gonna put it all on the line, lock it in.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: That is a magic
2: card. Fuck! <laughs> there it is! I knew it.
3: <laughs> that is <laughs> hatred. Dude, we're
1: talking about flaying people now. <laughs> flaying, that's what I told you I was like, dude, yeah. half of these are brutal
3: as shit. For the sure. first one I threw out is uh, locked cages with keys of marrow, sinew, and blood. <laughs> oh, yeah, Come on, it's, yeah. it's those are right. gross things. That was a topsy turvy game, you guys. That was Whew. good game, Max. It was yeah, that was GGs. amazing, man. You really came
2: back. I thought I had it in the bag.
3: We got to go through a lot of them. Got to expend yeah. the resources. I didn't think we'd go through that many. That was great.
2: Well, well, thanks done. for setting that up, dude. Absolutely, yeah, that's amazing,
3: man. All
1: right. Well, now it's time to jump into the mailbag and see what uh, all these nerds have to say about what we're doing.
0: Come <laughs> yeah. And the first hey, one is
1: going to come from our website, which is pretty cool. From yeah. a guy named Tony Wozni. anybody know a Tony Wozny?
3: <sighs> I I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. No. Yeah.
1: That's if I great if I do know you and I'm forgetting, like maybe you're from like Twitter or something. Just give me a shout, fucking yeah, yeah, Tony. Yeah, that's, that's, I know him, yo, Tony. Oh man. yeah,
2: dude, Tony, Tony, the Thanks Wozniak.
1: It. Thanks for coming in through the uh, through the internet yeah, and giving us this internet. question. He says, yeah. "I've been a huge anime weeb for a while now, and only recently have started reading manga. It's been pretty groundbreaking for me. The nature of the medium allows for so much more detail in art and storytelling than any animation. If you haven't really dabbled in manga, I'd recommend Berserk to the highest degree. Dang, generally one of my favorite works of fiction. Period." <laughs> My name's right. pronounced like Wozni, by the way.
3: So he was just giving <laughs> us a uh Just a recommendation. A recommendation. Do you guys manga at all? I actually uh, don't and I'm like kind of ashamed of it. Of the fact that I don't. I have to a get few. into you. Because you like graphic yeah. novels and stuff,
1: right? I've read graphic novels that have been like really honestly impactful to me and like showing me how different mediums can can create all different right. effects in the viewer. I really want to read um, the Ghost in the shell manga hmm. uh, and there's a few like kind of classic TV shows that are already like huge and well respected in animation because of the animators that honestly did groundbreaking work yeah but also ever that same reputation in manga uh, but when he says berserk like I have heard that berser- like the the whole premise of berserk which I'm pretty sure you guys have both watched yeah we've touted for and sure. we've
3: recommended for you as well right
1: I it's like at this point it just it's only it's like an inevitability. I need to yeah. watch it, <laughs> yeah. um, so that's just like one more tick on the on the on the mark for that Perfect. particular yeah. IP. I think the thing like, that's
3: gonna like knock me into start watching or to reading manga are just the shows that are not putting out that I love that are not putting out the newest episodes of their shit, and the manga still going. Like Hunter 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 mm-hmm. and right. One Punch Man, and yeah, um, honestly, like I'd be interested in checking out the manga for like. Um, my Hero Academia as well. With but. One
1: Punch Man, are they doing printed manga? Because am I not, am I mistaken in like that
3: first came out as a webcomic, right? I honestly, I think so. Um, but yes, I'm. I, I, they're, I'm pretty sure that the manga is far surpassed. Okay. uh what the what the show is actually, because
1: when we talk about different mediums, web comics are also their own medium hmm. and like the use of basically loading a web page and scrolling, there's yeah. actually really interesting things you can do with the art to create effects that could transitions and stuff. yeah, that and... couldn't be done even in a manga, yeah, which is
2: really cool. that's cool. That's nice. a cool idea. yeah, and it definitely has a manga because I definitely own one of them because Hunter got it for me for Christmas once. So la right yeah, yeah.
1: Nice. Thank um, you, Mr. Tony. Yeah. Max, have you read any manga in particular, besides the one that uh
2: mentioned? not really. I've read through the ones that Hunter has got me, uh, because they're very cool. And I like I mean, panel by panel, it's hard to beat just the art of a manga, right? Like there's so much more detail mm-hmm. that goes into each one of these panels that has to be sacrificed when you transition into animation. So obviously something like Berserk is tantalizing for me to go try to check out because the story is amazing in Berserk but I just want to see some of that stuff actually hand drawn in black and and white too you know yeah Yeah, there's not really any sort
3: of like voice acting or even like sound uh, work in Berserk that's like particularly like you have to have it in order to enjoy the story, so I could see Berserk being pretty kick-ass from a a manga standpoint.
1: Right. For sure. All right, this next question comes from Junie Ray, and it's a little bit of a thinker, so let's not give him a stinker on this one. Got you, man. No Lagrange. What's the difference between a game and a toy? Where does the line between the two exist? How would you describe the transitory evolution from toy to game from a conceptual level? I will start us off on this. Okay. Um, right. I kind of often will call video games toys because I try to drive home that they are very much like fruits of leisure. Yes. Like they are a hobby of leisure. Only people like if you are a video game enthusiast, you are essentially one of the most privileged people to live in the world (laughs) to have the technology necessary to run them and the time necessary to play them. Yeah. That being said... And, and so, yeah, we're talking about play here, right? And you right. play with a toy, you play with a game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, where things, I think, start to differentiate is a toy is always going to be like a static object. It's like an object. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, and a lot of games are static objects. Video games, there's the code on the disc. That is the objectification of the work. Hmm. Um, but in the, like with a chessboard... That is like a a game that is ready to be played that exists much like a toy exists. But right, yeah. you can play games without artifacts and without objects. We can play tag. Yeah. We can play hide and seek. Right. And you can play those kind of things. And those are games. Those aren't toys. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the line is. Is that sort of that that kind of object uh, existence? You right. Know, the kind of artifact that is the that it's like the conduit for play.
2: Right. I think that that's, yeah, I mean, just to piggyback on that, it's the idea that a game, for the most part, can be played with different toys, if that makes sense. Like, you can have a different chessboard, you can have a million different chessboards, but the game is always chess, and that's what's consistent around, like, being a game as opposed to, like, a toy set or something like that. Of course, it might be a little different when you have things like code involved, because it's not just every video game is the same game, but it's still the same idea, to where, like, right. the game is outside of the physical object itself. And mm-hmm. then when you get into the physical object, that's when you become... That's a plaything or a toy or something that you use to partake right. in the game. So
3: I, I almost feel like... I mean, the heuristic that I'm going off of is that the game is more of a set of sort of, like, boundaries and activities that you do in order to play. And I think that a toy is something that almost, like, requires you to... Um, use your imagination in order to play with it like it's it's sort of just an object that you project how you want to play onto this inanimate thing yeah you know yeah. it requires second a that as well yeah yeah. Yeah.
1: Nice. yeah that's true thank you for the question Dooney. Mm-hmm. this is we why got we got to get together with this dude and <laughs> get some of them brain thinkers in there next question yeah. comes from dunter Horset. If you had a brewery, what would you name it? And what type of brew would be your flagship brew? Dunter, Mudbutt Max, Lives on, Horset.
0: Mm. I've been asked this
1: question a few times,
3: and I really feel like I LaGrange it quite often. Like, I don't really have uh, great specific answers because, you know, I love dark beers, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that any brewery. Necessary. I mean, you 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 can have a flagship beer. So maybe my flagship beer would be either like a Dunkel or a Doppelbock or some sort of like really kick ass stout Lager. or something. Yeah, black logger. Nice. Fucking right. <laughs> um, so that would probably be like what my flagship would be. Um, if it was like all three of us, I mean, it'd be hard for it not to be like the Witty Banner Brewery. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if it was just me, sure. I mean, I I you know my first take is to like somehow incorporate my name but then i don't want to do that so i would probably just like have either like a nickname of mine like bonkage, bonkage brewery bonkage brewery yeah um Come or get um that's pretty good i, I came up with one <laughs> time bonkle? with yeah. the bonkle <laughs> 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 but uh but yeah so i mean that's that's kind of probably what i would do
1: yeah, I um, if I did it something that was just kind of specific to me, I would want to gear my brewery towards being beers that were like festival oriented mm. so that were ones that were supposed to be enjoyed in larger quantities with larger amounts of people. Yep. So I try to make it like some sort of festival named, or give the impression that it's like about being banquet uh, beers and celebrated and stuff. And my flagship would be just like a straight – German or Czech style Pilsner, you know, I'd nice. want to have just yeah. like one of the most go to, um, kind of first, like the f- first like, heritage of, of the very first types of beer kind of uh, taste. That's yeah. what I would go
3: for. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think I would name my brewery, uh, Little Spoon Brewery. I think that's nice. a cool name, little spoon. right? It's approachable. It. You know, I think people would really, everybody you know, wants the little spoon. Yeah, the Little Spoon's the best spoon, right? That would be what we proclaim. <laughs> uh, as far as my flagship beer, you know, I'm definitely tempted to say some sort of, like, Belgian style or, like, a Tripel yeah, for sure, but it's hard to be you. a flagship. And I think Little Spoon Brewery has got to have, like, a really killer fucking Pilsner or a lager, just something easy to drink with, like, you know, a baby blue label and something that you could just drink with all your buddies and friends. Yeah. And You need a, a
1: no-brainer yeah. decision, you know?
2: It wouldn't yeah, be the...
3: Sure. The 420 Nugs rip.
1: No,
2: that would also be in there. That would be only during Christmas, though. (laughs) Yeah. All I want for Christmas is my Nugs.
1: I would. Oh, my God. I would do like a Thanksgiving beer that was called the shower bowl.
2: That's a fucking good one.
1: (laughs) The greenery. (laughs) All right. Last question from Duncher Horse Set. And uh, it gets a little personal. About how many listeners do you have on average per episode? Do we even want to give those numbers out? Do we even Let's know those say numbers? I mean, if anyone's going to know, it's going to be
2: Chase. But below 45,000. So yeah, somewhere anywhere in, that nice in that middle
3: range. Yeah.
1: We need, I yeah. mean, I we're working on getting uh, onto Spotify, and I kind of go through these phases of like, guys, our show is really good. We should make a better effort at getting it out there because I'm constantly surrounded by content creators who are always hustling mm-hmm. in that aspect. And kind of seeing people get recognition at times like bums me out, not because they don't deserve it, but it's because like, look, if we could, if this is if if an audience is forming around this and this product like ours could definitely do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've been podcasting doing this show for a long time and word of mouth just hasn't been the way to our success. Right. But I still think it's like a quality product. Mm -hmm. I still want people to review the show and, and do word of mouth. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think we could we could easily grow. Or we could we could grow our numbers with a little bit of effort. But at the same time, like this show is also about like us. Mm-hmm. And while there's been many times where we're like, yeah, we should. We it would be great if we did these things. We don't really kind of follow up on that because it fits nicely into like this comfortable routine of our lives. Yeah, and right. it's that line of like, is it for us? Is it for them? If it was for them, and we really wanted to put our stock in it, like. What's the end goal? Yeah. You know, it's satisfying to have a lot of people listen to it. It's satisfying to have people like praise it online. But yeah, that's also a treadmill that can kind of kill you. So,
3: right. And it's one of those things where uh, it's a labor of love. You know, I mean, I think that it's it's been a great excuse for us three to connect and uh, meet new people and then for us to always just keep up with each other. Um, Like Tony Wozni. And and that every, you know, I think the concern is that we're all busy people and that every sort of extra additional promotional marketing effort that we put out there might take away from what we enjoy most, which is just that we get to hang out and and kind of just, you know, cohort with each other. Right. Um, And so, I mean, my understanding was that we're getting somewhere around like around 70 to 100 listeners every episode. Um, But yeah, I think we're thinking about, you know, making efforts to maybe revamp and promote harder. And uh, with that being said, I want to make sure that the listeners here, people like Tony, people like Ben, people like Israel and Dunter, um, you know, we really want to have part of the show literally driven and crafted by our audience. And so make sure that you get on our website and email us and just it doesn't have to be anything super clever. You know, we just like hearing from y'all, so that's right. all my plug is.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to have a little, like, a community of people that feel uh, comfortable enough to kind of participate.
3: Which we do have. It's small, but it's there. Yeah, yeah. It's enough to fill yeah. a trestle table and have beers with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Dude, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but not anyway. too expensive to fly them all out.
3: Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, uh, time to wrap up the show. We're going to put our final impressions on these alcoholic beverages. Max, I want to hear... Your uh, closing words on the whiskey, I definitely understood what you mean about, like, this is kind of a whiskey that maybe you'd put in the center of a table and everybody is almost having a fun time rising to the occasion of drinking it. Um, I'm curious if you have any sort of, like, maybe uh, specific flavors. Is it kind of, is it like a corn whiskey? Is it a rye whiskey? Um, So is it, like, sweeter or is it more hot and spicy? Uh, is there any like vanilla in it or anything like that? W- w- how's it How's it taste? Well, it
2: is a bourbon, which means that it's like what fifty one percent corn. Doesn't that like the idea of how a bourbon works? I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, and then naturally, it's gonna have like a sweetness because of that. Uh, but that being said, the rest of the sweetness comes from like almost like a like a like a spicy, but not like in the same way that a rye would be. It's like a spicier burn that's like maybe you would find in some form of exotic like chocolates or like caramel or something along yeah. those lines, right? Nice. Where you get a more creative candy bar, you know, and somebody maybe throws some like cayenne pepper oh, in there yeah. and you're like, What are you doing? But it actually <laughs> matches pretty well. Um but I do I mean I enjoy it. As you drink it, you can feel the burn on like the sides of your tongue and in the back of your mouth. But it goes away very quickly, which is mm. you know the point that's the sign of a good uh liquor in my opinion and a good whiskey for sure. So, I mean, I enjoy it. I do recommend it. Save all the wildlife here in Texas by just buying a couple of bottles, you know, and enjoy it. Put it yeah, in the center Texas of the table. Yeah. yeah. So I can enjoy it with your friends.
1: Yeah. So Hunter, you know, I was fully prepared to see if you would drink this beer and share what I thought was my kind of discontent with it. But honestly, like first couple of sips in at the start of the episode, I automatically liked this thing actually Switched. a lot. Yeah. Um, so what what's your final impression here?
3: Yeah, I was trying to think of like my uh, my gesticulation. Uh-huh. Um, for me, it's kind of like when, like when somebody approaches you on the street and just sto- starts sort of like talking to you, and you're like not really sure if you like want to talk to this person. Yeah, and you're you like, what does deal with this? And I guess that part of it comes from, like, I don't really know a whole lot about red Irish ales. Right. And so I have, like, a little bit of apprehension going in, like, whether or not I'm going to like it. Is this, like, my style of beer? But then this person ends up being, like, super helpful. And, like, <laughs> basically just, this like... Knew where I need to be going. Yeah, like, he, he gives me great recommendations. He's just, like, super friendly and kind. And <laughs> uh, maybe even a, a little Bob? charming, you know? Yeah, we started nice. joking around as st- Spongebob. So it's, like, that transition from... You know, when you're, like, a little, like, confused, like, I don't know if I want to fuck with this person, to, like, a, wow,
1: this guy's great. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so it's that little, nice little transition there. I think this beer
1: is super solid. It's more of that kind of bold type of approach instead of a, like, subtle and rich approach. It's rich in its sweetness and its toffee profile. That's Coffee definitely, is definitely there. there. And it's, like, super pronounced, uh, very drinkable, lingers on in the palate. Uh, for a good bit with that sweetness, which is just like it's nice. Uh, I think this beer fits really well as like a second or third beer uh, in the night. Maybe you start out with something a little bit lighter. Yep. Now you're gonna. This is like a good transition beer. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, dude, I've I've completely come around on this. I think that what we have, what Carl Strauss has here, is it's obvious why it's their flagship, right? Like
3: it's their flagship, right?
1: I mean, nice. it's, it's their award-winning beer. I can understand why. Um, and yeah, it's nice to have my mind changed yeah, so no. so easily. Yeah, just right by on the show. F- yeah, just by the flavor profile yeah. alone, you know. Perfect. All nice. right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get out of here. Uh, tie a nice ribbon on this episode, episode number one hundred and sixty-five. Witty Banter is on Twitter. You can follow us at Witty Banter Show. Uh, you can go to our website, wittybantershow.com, to listen to the episodes directly. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and also on Stitcher. We're working on getting on Spotify. Uh, and then you can send emails to the show by emailing wittybantershow at gmail or you can just go to our website and hit the email us tab, just like Tony Wozni did. Thank oh, yeah. you, Tony. Fuck yeah, yeah. And, uh, thank it'll, you, Tony. It'll come directly to us. Um, so thank, you know. And if you want to recommend stuff as well, we will. We're totally open to it. And I I should really get on this berserk train at this point. You know, yeah. it would be a fun thing to maybe do a segment on, right? Absolutely. Um. For sure. So anyway, yeah, that's been episode 165, uh, Max. Thanks for bearing with us on the other side there. I hope it wasn't too lonely for you. I know how it can be sometimes. And, uh, yeah, of uh, course. Hunter, it's good to see you in person as always. And, uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Beetle peep Pita papa peep
2: Adiosa, beetle